0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Inna alhamdulillahi <laughs> na'maduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina man yahdihi fala falamudilla lahu wa man yudlil falahadiyah lah wa ashadu an la ilaha illa wahdahu la sharika lah واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله ارسله الله الى الناس كافه بشيرا ونذيرا فبلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح الامه وتركنا على المحجه البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها الا هالك فصلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى اله واصحابه ومن اهتدى بهديه واستنى سنته ودعا بدعوته الى يوم الدين ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أحبتي في الله أسيق منفسي بتقوى الله والإحسان فإن الله مع الذين تقوا والذين مُحْسِنُونَ My brothers and sisters, I start by praising Allah Almighty and sending blessings and Salutations upon the Messenger Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. When Allah سبحانه وتعالى spoke about the nature of mankind. Allah mentions two mannerisms or two characters that we all have. Allah says, Innahu kana jahula, indeed man is unjust and ignorant. This is the nature of a person. To do zulm and to be in a state of ignorance. We know we are ignorant because when we are born we have no knowledge. When we are born, we have no knowledge, and then as we grow around, we learn things. Similarly, we have the ability or the uh, potential to do harm and to oppress. So, what is it that stops us from oppressing? What is it that ensures that we educate ourselves and remove ignorance from us? It's two things, Ikhwani Filah. The first thing is your aql, your intellect. Your aql should contain you. It should restrain you. This is why the word aqal in the Arabic language, it is that which restrains something. That's where the word iqal comes from. You know, the iqal that people wear on their heads, that circular thing that you might see some of the Arabs wear. Initially, it was meant to restrain their camels. So something that is aqal, it restrains. So the intellect is called aqal because it's supposed to stop you from acting on your emotions, on your whims and your desires. But that's just one aspect. The other thing that stops us from oppressing is the wahi. It is the the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that tells us the do's and the don'ts. That teaches us the harm of oppression and zulm. Not just that it's harmful in this world, because when I oppress you, tomorrow you will oppress me and then we keep on doing that but also the harm of it on the day of judgment, right? When the Prophet ﷺ said, yawm that our injustice and oppression is the darknesses of the hereafter. And every time you oppress someone, and this comes in many forms, we could be oppressing our children and being unjust to them, or our neighbors, or our co-workers, or our wives. And the biggest zulm, the biggest injustice is when we direct worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inna الشِّرْكَ dhulmun Mun'adim, And our religion has put a huge emphasis on adl, justice, right? And to give people their rights, to give everyone what they are due. And it's that starts with the rights of Allah, and the rights of the messenger, and the rights of our parents, and the rights of our spouses, and the rights of our children, and the rights of our neighbors. Ensure you are doing your responsibility. And if you don't, then Allah will ask you about it. But what I want to speak about today, inshallah ta'ala, is when other people commit injustice, what we are supposed to do. When we witness injustice. And our religion, ikhwan isn't only about personal worship. Our religion, islam is a religion that has an effect and has meaning in every aspect of life. Whether it's the public sphere or privately, both. And I want to share with you a story that happened during the, the time of the Prophet sallallahu In fact, this story happened before he became a prophet, when he was still a young man. And I want you to imagine in Mecca, where there was really no law. And there was nobody to stop from oppression from happening. And people used to oppress each other. One would the, the weak would steal and murder and do whatever they want, the strong to the weak. And this was the case in Mecca. And we know that the Kaaba in Mecca was a place people traveled to, even before Al-Islam. And it was a place that was sanctified. So you would have a lot of the neighboring tribes and the neighboring countries, that would, they would come to Mecca. And there is a particular incident that the Prophet wasallam referenced and mentioned as later on when he became a prophet, that he was very proud of to be present and to be part of. And that was that the Yemeni man from the Zubayd tribe he came to Mecca. Again, this is early, this is pre-Islam. He came to Mecca to come and worship and, and, and perform the Hajj. And while he was there, he also wanted to uh, do some trade. So he sold something to one of the uh, noble men of Quraysh. His name was al aas ibn Wa'il. He sold him something. And Al-As, who was a nob- someone of nobility, he said to him, don't worry, I'll pay you after Hajj. He was like, okay, I trust you. So after the, the hajj, and yes, there was a hajj uh, that they used to do with a lot of errors and a lot of shirk involved, but they used to have their pilgrimage. So after the, the hajj was done, he came to him and said, okay, I need to be paid now, right? I want my, what I'm due. And he said, don't worry, I'll give it to you tomorrow. Or I'll give it to you later. And he kept on doing this and he wouldn't pay him. And Al-Asib ibn Wail was relying on his nobility. Who's going to stop me? If I steal from you, who's going to stop me? No, they didn't know a concept of akhirah. Nowadays, nowadays, if someone wants to oppress someone else, we know even if the people don't stop you, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is watching you. But Al Asim, ibn he didn't care, and he just said, "Yeah, go go back to Yemen. I'm not going to pay you." So what did this man do? There was no system in place that he could complain to, and he went to individual tribes. An elderly and uh, senior man in Quraysh and in Mecca. Please, Al As is stealing from me. I sold him something and he didn't pay me. And no one would want, want to interfere. Everyone was like, okay, so I have to choose between a Quraysh nobleman versus a Yemeni stranger. I'll take this nobleman any day. And there is injustice that's happening here. So, what did this man do? He went uh, in front of the Kaaba, he climbed a hill, and then he uh, recited poetry. This would be the, uh, today's uh, announcements, right? It's putting something on the media or something. So the, the people would hear this and memorize it and they would share it. Like I guess it's similar to how we share today things that happen. So he recited this poetry, this powerful poem, where he's mentioning how he has been oppressed at the haram, in the state of Umrah. And how everyone knows and no one is doing anything about it. And who was there? The uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Zubayr ibn al Muttalib, he was there and he heard this. And it moved him. Something must be done. Again, brothers and sisters, remember, this is before Islam. This is before Islam. And Zubayr ibn al Muttalib, then he, he gathered, he spoke to a man called Abdullah ibn Jud'an. Abdullah ibn Jud'an, who was from the Banu tribe, the same tribe as Abu Bakr. And he was also a man that was known for his generosity, his nobility. He died before the bi'athah. Before Prophet Muhammad became a messenger, he died before that. But he was someone that was well respected in Mecca, Abdullah ibn Jud'an. So they gathered some of the noblemen in his house, and he made some food. And they came together. And guess who is in that beautiful gathering where they are discussing how to uh, uphold justice and help this oppressed man, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as a young teenager, or, or in, in his early teens, or late teens, he was there. And he was part of it. And the Prophet Muhammad was there, and the elders and the other people were there, and they made a pact. Why is injustice happening in Mecca while we are present? Let's do something about it. If you can't do individually, let's come together. So they came together and they made a pact that is known as Hilful Fudul. It is also called Hilful Mutayyibin. Hilful Mutayyibin. It's called the pact of the perfumed ones. Mutayyibin comes from Tib. Why? Because. They didn't sign anything, but what they did was they dipped all of their hands in, 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 in perfume or atar, and then they wiped it on the sides of the Kaaba. And this was a sign that we will stand up for anyone that anyone oppresses, abuses, or steals from. And then they came and they went to Al As ibn Wail and they made him pay. And this is how this Yemeni man got what he was due. Now what is the incident the point of the story it's also called hilful fudul and this is the more common name that people know because uh, one of the statements of al-As was uh, why are you entering into amrun fuduli amran fuduli why are you entering into something that doesn't concern you and this was known as the pact of that which didn't concern them but in fact it did concern them because they wanted to uphold justice now the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam years later decades later after he becomes a messenger and after a while, he is asked about this incident is brought up. And the Prophet wasallam said a powerful hadith, a powerful statement. He said, wallahi, if I were to have to choose between getting the best of wealth, humr niam red camels, which was the best of wealth, or attending that gathering, I would choose that gathering. And even today, now remember, everyone in that gathering was a mushrik, right? They were all idol worshippers. But what they were doing was right. And the Prophet said, Today, if they were to call me, as a messenger, if they were to call me, I would have attended that that pact and be part of it. And the Prophet ﷺ was very proud of being part of it. Why, Fillah? Because our faith, our deen, it commands us to stand up for the oppressed. And we don't look at who they are, what their religion is. If they are oppressed, we stand up for them. And we don't mind to stand with anyone. As long as what we are standing up for is adl and justice, this is the beauty of Islam. This is the beauty of Islam. Alhamdulillah, My brothers and sisters, we were talking about standing up for justice. Now, as Muslims, again, this is very important to appreciate, and understand that when. What we do is not only our personal ibadah to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, our prayers and our Hajj and our Zakat. We are people that are active in our communities and we participate in good causes, although they might not be purely Islamic. We must participate and be part of them. And this is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is proud of participating in retrieving the wealth of one who was stolen from. The Prophet is participating in fighting against corruption. And similarly, my brothers and sisters, as Muslims, we need to stand up for all of these causes. If there is a problem of racism that is affecting people, Muslims and non-Muslims alike, we need to stand up for that. If there is a problem of corruption, we need to stand against it. If there is an issue, and even like humanitarian causes, if there is blood being donated to people, we need to be part of that. Where we are dealing with abuse or the community is struggling or crime, these causes that perhaps are not directly related to our ibadah and our worship and our deen, which they are generally, because as Muslims, we are qawwamun bil qist, we are standing up, people that stand up for all types of good and justice. And, and this is what we learn from this qissa. And the Prophet ﷺ is saying, I would have went back, if I were to be back there, as a messenger of Allah, I would stand shoulder to shoulder, uh, shoulder, to shoulder to, with idol worshippers, because what they were standing up for was haqq and this is a principle that we must appreciate sometimes the people that you're standing with you don't agree with them but you stand with them for the cause if it's and this is what ibn qayyim said that we do ta'awun we work with work with anybody that stands up for hurumatillah anything that is uh, that is muhtaram anything that is good Anybody that does that, we stand with them. And a lot of times people conflate the two. This is why you will find sometimes uh, there is a cause that we are uh, working towards. And you will find someone, oh, look at that brother, he is working with so-and-so, who is not even a Muslim, or so-and-so, who is upon the wrong Islam, or so-and-so, who is upon Bid'a. And we are saying this stuff. But they don't think, does me coming with a Christian for example and then uh, trying to do uh, fighting against corruption. Does that mean all of a sudden I disagree I agree with their Christianity? It doesn't. We as Muslims stand up for what is right. We stand up for what is right, regardless of who we are standing with in that particular moment. And this is very important to understand, Ikhwani Filah, and this is Al-Islam. We stand up for Adil and Justice, whether it's against racism or corruption, or a good humanitarian cause. And as Muslims, we need to participate more. We need to involve each other more in these general causes. And wallahi, if our neighbors who aren't Muslims and the people that we are living with would see more of that, they would have more of an appreciation of, of, of us and of Muslims and of Islam. And when they understood that our religion is a religion that does involve itself with all that matters to the public. And we are part of it. Of course, are there limits? There are always limits. What limits us? the Quran and the Sunnah, the halal and the haram, the right and the wrong. Of course we have limits. So if we agree on one cause, doesn't mean we agree on all causes. And if we come together on one issue and we say, okay, this issue is good. That's what matters to us. We will help you. And the moment you see, okay, this issue we disagree with, then we step back this is what islam is and i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those that uphold justice wherever they are I ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those that stand for the oppressed and never be among the oppressors I ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins allahumma la tafarriq jamana hadha illa bi dhanbin maghfur wa sa'in mashkur في وجعلنا من الله تعالى إن الله على النبي عليه الله على محمد إبراهيم وعلى إنك حميد This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.